What is going on, ACL Nation? It's me, Michelle Thompson. I'm here with Trey Ryder and Anthony Ione, and we are just coming off of the Cornhall Mania in Atlantic City, New Jersey. It was a blast. We have so much to discuss about what happened, about what happened on the broadcast court and the people who made it there and all the good stuff in between. First of all, how are you guys doing? Trey, just got in last night, right? Yeah, yeah. I uh, I didn't have any travel issues this time, guys. You I didn't? was good to go. <laughs> it was pretty smooth sailing, so I made it back in one piece with all of my belongings this time. So that's, that's, uh, that's positive. All you can ask for, really. <laughs> How about you, Anthony? You had a little bit of a farther trek like I did. It was another rough one home. We got we got delayed again. I had the kiddos with me this time because they were on spring break, so we kind of tied that in. But uh, yeah, we walked in the door at three thirty this morning. Um, oh, yeah, it was no. rough. But my kids are troopers, man. They they really handled it well. And you know, as the dad, you know, you're trying to cater to them, like you know, trying to make them as comfortable as possible. They made it easy on me though. They were they they just killed it. No complaints. Worked through it. Um, you know. Slept in a little bit, you know, so the school was either a late, a late show. Um, my wife handled it really well, but we, it was rough for me this morning, getting up and getting the meetings fired up first thing in the morning, but battle through it. You just get through it. You know, I, I can't imagine my flight was at 7am. So we had to wake up at 3am to be, you know, cause the airport was an hour away. Yeah. And I thought for sure, same thing, my son being only six. And traveling Definitely. all the way from one coast yeah. to the other, that this was going to be a meltdown. And he was such a trooper; he never complained once. Um, just yeah, can't I can't complain. I only got nice. delayed twenty minutes, so I didn't have your experience. Nice. So we're good. <laughs> <laughs> Rolled in about a few hours ago, so not too shabby. All right, but let's get into it. So I would like to start to chat this about doubles because I mean. I don't know if it was no surprise to you guys if you thought somebody was going to knock out Matt Guy and Jamie Graham or if you thought, nope, that's always going to be them. But I'm curious to hear your thoughts because Matt Guy and Jamie Graham took first. Second place, we had Mark Richards and Philip Lopez, who I really had my eyes on this weekend. In third, Devin Harbaugh and Derek King. And then in third, Alex Rawls and Trey Birchfield. So no one really surprises me there. I'm curious to know, Trey, what are your thoughts? No surprise. I mean, if you're looking at the finals, no surprises from me. Yeah. I actually think, though, the surprising aspect of that final four was really how unbelievably good Jamie Graham and Matt Guy were. Yes. I mean, to be honest with you, you know me. I hate I hyperboles. I hate like getting over the over the top, overreacting. But I think there's a legitimate case to what Jamie Graham and Matt Guy did this weekend was the single greatest doubles performance that we've ever seen at a national event. A combined 10.62 points per round average, a 1.01 DPR, and an average points allowed per game of 6.75. That's the big one right there. That is That's unbelievable. Insane. And, and really, part of that, I would say the majority of that is Jordan Power and Jay Rubin taking it 21-20 to 20 in game one of the double dip in their bracket. Uh, and Matt Guy, Jamie Graham won 21-20 in that game. If you eliminate that game, it falls below five. Yeah. Wow. I mean, absolutely maddening how good they were this weekend. 
was impressed by everybody else in the final four. I think Trey Birchfield and Alex Rawls made a bad decision on bad bag selection with the slicker boards on the broadcast. You, we, we could see that as soon as Rawls jumped from the snipers to the surefires, when he went from doubles to singles, he was kind of back to where he was. I was really impressed. One of the best teams, I think, on the entire weekend was was Josh and Derek Holland, as well as yeah. Eric Zockline and Tanner Halbert. Mm-hmm. I actually think if you took the Tanner Halbert from the kickoff battle and the and the yes. Eric Zockline from the Cornhole Mania, that team wins a national. So I agree. Uh, that team is going to make a Final Four this year. So when I'm thinking of big picture teams, just to you know say, hey, that's a team to look out for. Um, I, I think that's going to be a team that's going to be really tough to beat because Tanner was just. He, it wasn't like he didn't play bad all day. It's just he just had one game that that got him eliminated. That he just wasn't himself. So so ultimately he'll figure it out. He'll come back. Um, but that that was a team that was really good. And then the last one that's probably worth mentioning to me is is big picture is Cheyenne Renner and James Baldwin. They they win game one of the double dip against Mark Richards and Philip Lopez. And in both games they just didn't start well. They were able to come back in the second half of the game, but they just couldn't get it together, um, at least in that first half of the game. But I think that's another team that's going to make a Final Four. They may contend to win a national. But at the same time, this all boils down to, guys, is that Jamie Graham and Matt Guy, if they play like that, they won't lose again. They won't lose, a, they won't lose a game the rest of the year if they play like that. I mean, that's – I feel like that's pretty bold of me to say, but that was – it was almost shocking how good they were and how effortless they made it made it seem to beat everybody else in the in the division. Well, and I feel like we're seeing this a lot where one partner's playing really well, the other one's a little bit off, but to have them peak at the same time, it doesn't seem like it's happening all the time with a lot of these other teams, and which they are, obviously. Yeah, and they just they were both unbelievable. I mean, I went back and rewatched the broadcast. I was as I was doing highlight clipping, and I mean, Mac Guy was probably the the worst player, and that was, and he was still unbelievably consistent. I mean, for Jamie to play at the level that he did, it was they've gotten so much better from last year, and they were still the team of the year last year, and that should be troubling for a lot of people. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> I would agree with that. All right, Anthony, what are your thoughts on doubles? Yeah, I mean, I kind of like to start off with, uh, you know, some strong performances that didn't ultimately make it to a broadcast win or, or um, you know, on 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 a actually a bracket win. So like a, a growth Sims, they were balling. They both threw 10 plus PPRs in doubles. Um, also out of the West, Labrador and Williams, a really nice run taking fourth in their bracket. Washington and Stranger go deep. Dakota and Nate Stevens also go deep. Dylan Turpin and Ricky Gonzalez show out and really impressed with Ricky. I got to call a bunch of their matches. Um, he was really controlling and running his side of the board all week, and his airmail was money. Uh, he was a strong partner that week and really impressed with him. Dangerous Danny Seals and Zach Lewis, a strong showing. And for Zach Lewis, now peeking his face into the end of brackets, congrats to him. Grindersleeve and Batson showed out in doubles and singles. Uh, Lucas Jr. and Dingus with a really good run, third in their bracket. Um, some statistical stands out, standouts like an Allen Rawls and an Anthony Delgado. I mean, these boys were two of the 11 total players filling up the hole with 10-plus PPR performances. 
around all of the doubles performances. Uh, they showed out really good. Now, Alan Rawls, we saw him do that at an open level, but it's Delgado, though. I mean, strong run uh, for him showing up in uh, in statistics. Austin Renner, too. And that dude put up top eight PPRs in his brackets, um, but kind of looking at the finalist uh, out of bracket A, we predicted Lopez Richards to win a bracket this season. It happened here at Natty, too. We knew it was coming. Their key moment, though, they had a 21-20 win over Brooks and Dotson. So that one was really tight, but that ultimately was what got them going. They stayed in control throughout the rest of that bracket. Kind of looking at bracket B, the finalists there, Creek Killer and Foreman, uh, outperforming their 17th place finish at Nationals number one, uh, taking second in their bracket. And they had a tough early match against the Gore Twins. Those Gore Twins ended up knocking out the runner-ups, Hogan Trzinski in round one. So we talk about that unwanted gift of getting a top seed out of the PDC for these top-seeded pros. That was a rough matchup for them in round one. Congratulations to the Gore Twins there. Um, one of the, but one of the standout stories for me is really comes from Derek King and Devin Harbaugh. Mish Trey, we've been talking about it quite a bit, the comeback of Derek King. We predicted it would be a peak coming here soon, and it went down in Atlantic City. So King and Harbaugh taking down the bracket win. And King, who's gone public about his struggles with the mental side of the game, and we saw it in his pitch reset, in his grip. He said he was performing at like a 15% at the low last season, but he's been working on fixing that at every level. And he said he was going into this national about 75%. If 75% Derek <laughs> win brackets like that, I mean, that's going to be a scary, uh, a scary looking King and Harbaugh running through. Congrats to those guys. Bracket C, um, both finalists, Birchfield and Rawls and the Hollands roll their brackets. The Hollands never gave up double digit points. Um, until they went head-to-head -head with Birchfield and Rawls. And really, Derek Holland matching Josh's level of play, I think, is ultimately the key to that team. Uh, he showed out. Birchfield and Rawls, really too much to handle in that king seat. Um, Rawls looked the best in the entire bracket, in my opinion. And it's not something you can see in PPRs. The dude's push and airmail game was completely uncon unconscious. He led the entire doubles tournament with a one point. Five, four DPR. Really impressive stuff uh, from Alex Rawls. Moving on to the final bracket, D. <clears throat> you mentioned Ruben and Powers. They really, they're showing up as a top five team with another deep run. They win their bracket at Natty 1. You talked about the 2021 loss against Guy Graham. They were right there in the finals. But like you said, Guy Graham just completely dominant. You gave some of those numbers. I'll kind of run through some of those. First five games, they give up four points in game one. Three points in game two. They shut out game three. They give up nothing. They let one point in game four. And the king seat match allowed only four points. So completely unreal. Mish, they weren't going to be denied the ship this time around. I mean, they controlled both the bracket, the winner's semifinal, and the final game on their way to a 2022 Cornhole Mania doubles championship. It does say a lot about Power on Ruben, though, that they were 21-20. I mean, no one else was get anywhere close to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they they were. I mean, they they brought him brought him to the brink. I mean, a couple of mentions that you had in the air that I'm glad you mentioned. Uh, Michael Lucas Jr. and Michael Dingus just to continue to be 
like a top 10 team, right? And 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 they're always like ninth. And people go, oh, wait, Dingus and Lucas are ninth. Oh, wait. Yeah, well, I forgot about that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's crazy that they continuously do this. Um, another t- couple teams, you know, Henderson and Hisner bounce back to bounce back a little bit. Um, obviously, yeah. we're not talking about winning a bracket, um, but I believe they were third in their bracket, if I remember correctly, or fourth, um, losing to, to Renner and Baldwin in the elimination bracket. But, but yeah, Graham and Guy, just too much to handle. It was amazing to see Derek King back on that main stage and, and, and with a smile and enjoying it and having a good time. And, again, the game almost felt closer than it was, and I went back and rewatched it. It was 21-6 to 6 against Graham and Guy. So a little bit, um, you know, a little bit of a surprise there. You know, who I was one, – one we didn't mention was – I think was a, a pretty significant shock to a lot of people making third in their bracket is, you know, how about Philip Hayden and Damon Dennis just showing yes. like, Hey, you know, still here guys, guys, you know, um, three years ago, they win this event. They won the 2019 cornhole mania. That was their first win as a doubles team at a national. They went pro doubles there and they just kind of made their way and felt their way all the way through until the end. And ultimately, you know, they ran into a foreman and Creek killer, Obviously, second in their bracket, that was a huge, huge way for them to bounce back and uh, going from 0-2 to all the way to second in their bracket. So I think they've kind of made the statement that, hey, we're here to stay, and, and that's and that's great to see on that front. So a uh, lot, lot of great teams. Um, a little bit surprised, if we're talking a little bit quickly on the negative side, a little bit surprised with the, with the not-as-repeated uh, finish from Cody Johnson and Kyle Malone. Yeah. But talked about, you know, immediately that it came down to, you know, Cody Johnson had to be the guy, right? He had to be because Kyle Malone was the guy on the weekend. We'll talk about singles in a bit, but he makes it all the way to his bracket final in singles. But we just didn't see the same Cody Johnson that we saw in um, in uh, uh, Las Vegas at the first national of the year. So ultimately, I think that's what 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 prevented them from from making it. Um, obviously, if I'm looking back at the final four from the kickoff battle. Um, you have Johnson Malone, Hogan Trzinski. We talked about going losing to the, uh, the Gore brothers, um, and then Birchfield and Rawls. We saw they kind of repeat and make it back to the exact um, exact same spot. So, um, so yeah, but it, it definitely an interesting cornhole mania on the, on the double side. Yeah. I think Mike's going to have a lot more to add to this if I can predict that right. So Mike, let's bring you on so you can add to this conversation. I'm sure you got a lot to share. It was a great weekend of cornhole. So welcome. Yes, I do. Oh my goodness. The cornhole talent there was ridiculous <laughs> to steal trade word. Um, I, I got to call so many amazing matches. They started to bleed into one another. So, um, you know, the first thing that I, I I'll go ahead and call out as you guys mentioned, um, Damon Dennis and Philip Hayden, with their third place bracket finish. That was a great run by them. Um, I do want to mention a, a specific situation that happened. That I think says a lot about some of the players involved um, in their second and third place game against uh, Foreman, uh, Jacob Foreman and uh, Matthew Creek killer. There was a situation where, by the way, all four players on the court were wearing headphones. Or, I'm sorry. They weren't. Uh, this is the Damon Dennis Philip Hayden match, but um, both Creek killer and Foreman were wearing headphones and there was a round. They were starting to pull away from, from, uh, Damon and Philip, and it was score was eleven to five, and um, Damon had a bag left in his hand, and Jacob Foreman didn't realize it, 
and there were several bags clogged in the hole and he reached down to pull the bags out. And I want to give Philip Hayden a specific shout out because he did everything he could to attract Jacob's attention instead of just letting him touch the bags. He was trying desperately to get his attention to say, stop, no, 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 don't touch, don't touch. But unfortunately, Jacob couldn't hear him and he grabbed the bags. So that created a rules situation. I know, Trey, you came over and, and helped to, to negotiate us through that. The net result was nine points uh, towards Damon and Philip. So they went from trailing 11 to 5 to up 14-11. And here's where I want to say something nice about Jacob Foreman. He could have quit. He could have melted down mentally. You're, you're winning 11 to 5 against this you know, formidable duo that's been around for seemingly forever. You make a, a mental error and give up nine points, and now you're trailing. What does Jacob Foreman do? He turns around and throws a four-bagger, scores six points, and gives them the lead right back on the first throw after that break. <laughs> so, you know, mental fortitude, he, he, he was so strong there. Um, I just want to give him a shout out. And again, Philip Hayden for the good sportsmanship. <clears throat> Nobody felt worse about taking those points than they did. However, it, it was the rule. It was the right call. Um, and, and I will say the game from that point forward was a classic game. They battled back and forth all the way to the finish. It was very memorable. Um, ultimately, Creek Killer and Foreman did take that win, but it was phenomenal to watch. Yeah, I, I remember it got called over there. I made the ruling, come back and sat down, looked at my score zone, and they had ar- it was already 17 mm-hmm. 14. I was like, I just, <laughs> made, I just made the ruling. Like, <laughs> yeah, the next round. Before you got to your <laughs> seat. Exactly. Before I got to my seat, they had played the next round and scored six to get back into the lead. Right. <laughs> And then at that point forward, the game probably took another 20 minutes, I feel like, to finish because it was back and forth. You know, it was a real tough battle. But ultimately, uh, they, they did pull it out. So, you know, it was a great match. Congratulations to them. And to Damon and Philip again, making a great run like that's phenomenal. So I think you've got a, a slide here, Trey. I wanted to talk about the, uh, the impact of the rookies this year. I've been, I've been harping on these rookies for a long time now. And, you know, in the doubles – just imagine this is there's 24 names on here. It's the top three teams in each bracket. And imagine last year, your top 24 names and doubles, and then just wiping 10 of those names out and replacing them with 10 new names. That that's a huge replacement there. So the names in red on the slide are rookies that placed in the top three this year in doubles. So Lopez and Richards there, Foreman and Creek Killer, as we mentioned. Bracket C, five of the six names, brand new. You know, just absolutely amazing to breathe this fresh blood into, into the doubles division. Trey Birchfield, the only uh, the only non-rookie to hang on in bracket C there. So Yeah, and, and if I look at this, I could argue some of those teams in bracket C, if they end up in a different bracket, they very well may win. Absolutely. <laughs> you know? Absolutely. I mean – yeah. I think Anthony and I talked about this in the open. I I could make the argument Josh Holland, Derek Holland, Tanner Halbert, and Eric Zockline played well enough to make it to uh, the broadcast court. I mean, I think maybe if you put them in in maybe A or B, they they may win that entire bracket. So um, the the rookies. I mean, that was the tail that was the tail of the tape this weekend. Um, and I and I think when we talk about singles, maybe more extreme, but in doubles, it's still evident. Yeah, absolutely. But, but, and I do have the same numbers here for singles. Um, before I go on, though, um, Anthony, do you have any thoughts about uh, the rookies that are on this list right here? 
No, I mean, we, we kind of saw all these coming. Uh, Nick Williams really on that list, probably the biggest standout of someone who just kind of came out of left field. I mean, he uh, he had a good run in singles as well at the last national. So pretty impressed yeah. with him. Well, what, what do you mean? He, he didn't surprise Michelle. Michelle has been picking <laughs> Nick Williams for her hot take for the past, you know, six months. Mish knows Nailed what's that up. One. <laughs> no surprise here. Uh, All right, uh, let's let's move on to the singles list here and use that to to spur some discussions. Because if you thought they did great in doubles, whew, ten out of the fourteen, ten out of the top twenty-four in doubles were rookies. Fourteen of the top twenty-four finishers in singles were rookies. You know, including four rookies in the top six of bracket B and bracket D. All four bracket winners were rookies. Just absolutely amazing. Only 10 non-rookies managing to crack the top 24. And, and uh, as you mentioned, there's a name on there that's maybe a little surprising to some people. Um, Andrew Labrador, you know, with, with being one of those 10. If you only had 10 names that were not rookies that you thought were going to finish in the top 24, I don't think many people would have picked Andrew Labrador for one of them. So hats off, hats off to him for that. Um, any names? Oh, I'll say I've got an anomaly here that I want to mention that I noticed. You see, Tony Smith had maybe the quietest third place run or one of the quietest third place runs he's ever had. Um, Tony Smith threw a 9.5 PPR, right? That means Tony Smith was his with his block and roll game must have a phenomenal DPR if he finished this well, right? No, 0.14. So a very, you know, in this field, pedestrian 9.5, a 0.14 DPR, and he rides that all the way to a third-place bracket finish. You know, I think timely shooting on his behalf might might uh, explain it. But hats off to Tony Smith for that strong run. Yeah, I'd be interested to see what his points allowed per game were um, just because – you know, was it was his points allowed per game 19? I mean, was he was he just winning every single game in a long barn burner shootout? Or right. um, if his points allowed per game were still really low, it just means just means he was still a dominant player. It just took him a long him time. To his games right. were long rounds. So that's that's what I talk about when I tease that next level stat. That's the next the next one I want because having that bit of information would help us to justify that DPR. And was it a was it a lack of speed in beating opponents or was it simply that, <laughs> right. you know, he really was just, you know, squeaking by every opponent that he could and he won a lot of close games. Right. And another name on this list that I, I would you know, I know you guys are going to talk about the four winners for sure a lot. Um, they, they deserve all the kudos, but there's a name on here that I, I want to mention. Um, you said you talked a little bit about him in doubles. Jamie Graham, I got to call a few of his matches. Uh, this is the Jamie Graham of old. He was scary good. Um, every shot in his arsenal. He had a phenomenal and one to end his game against Eric Zocline. Um, he had 18 points and Eric left the bag on the back of the hole. And, you know, Jamie just took his time, lined it up and popped that bag off and took the W. But Jamie Graham of, of old was back for this event, and I think that should scare the rest of the field. Um, he, when he lost that match to Alex Rawls, um, he, he was double-dipped by Alex. But in the winner bracket final, Jamie Graham and Alex Rawls put on an absolute show. If you it was haven't like an seen hour long? Match, yes, it was over an hour. 
If you have not seen that match, you should look it up on the ACL Digital Network. The Rawls-Graham winner bracket match was epic. It was like a heavyweight title bout with one player just punching the other one and withstanding the blow and the other player coming back just back and forth. So fantastic job. Alex Rawls took the L there but came back for the double dip to get his revenge. But just a lot of fantastic cornhole. But back to the overall point here. 14 rookies on this list. How do you possibly handicap the rookie of the year race? <laughs> yeah, a little, uh, a little, a little story on Jamie Graham's run. Cause I, I thought it was pretty cool. So uh, obviously he found his bag with the incinerators, right? Well, he had a dream the night before singles that he was throwing vengeance. So he woke up in the morning and he said, damn, I got to throw vengeance. I just had a dream that yeah. I was going to be throwing vengeance. He made that entire run. With a different bag, the bag that he hasn't really been the most comfortable with, it gave him the ability to roll, and we saw that a lot. I mean, he was he was tearing up the roll-style yeah. bag. Now, I talked to him about it a little bit later, and he was like, man, I wish I would have switched to the incinerators a little bit Final. later in the tournament. Yeah, into the finals. Um, ultimately, uh, you know, he didn't get that win, but I thought it was a cool story that he dreamt about the vengeance and then almost won the bracket yeah. based on a dream. We talked about uh, on the broadcast, what's the what's the pearl of vengeance? If you've got a couple of vengeance bags in your hand, are they vengeances? Are they venge-i? Uh, you have two <laughs> vengeance bags in your hand. That's oh, a little tough. Man. Oh, yeah. But yeah, no, Jamie, did, yeah. <laughs> Jamie did say that he he kind of wished he would have switched back over to, uh, to his, his incinerators for that final match. Um, the boards had gotten a little bit tackier, and I think, you know, he – he wishes he would have switched back just specifically for that match. But overall, it's a great run by Jamie Graham. Alex Rawls, though, deserved that win. He was he was money, too. I got to see several of his singles and doubles matches. Um, again, I know you guys are going to talk about predictions for Rookie of the Year later, and I'm interested to hear what you have to say because I don't know how you handicap it. You know, what we thought we knew a couple months ago, I don't think we really knew the, the tip of the iceberg of what was coming our way. We knew it was going to be special. I don't think we really understood how special this rookie class is. Rookies are showing up. Can't deny it. Thanks for all that lovely info. Uh, We're going to continue our conversation about singles, but we're going to say goodbye to you, Mike, for now. Thanks, Mike. All right. See you all next week. And just keep it rolling. Uh, as, As Mike mentioned, the singles game was incredibly impressive. That game with Jamie Graham, we were joking in the audience. Like, I think I could have gone to the bathroom, grabbed dinner, a beer, and been back, and <laughs> the game was still going. Yeah, no <laughs> Everyone was afraid to leave, but you had plenty of time. Um, the game that just wouldn't end. Um, but it was incredible to watch. So the singles uh, winners, we had first place Matthew Creek Killer, second place Alex Rawls, third Josh Holland, and Jacob Trzinski. Um, incredible, incredible cornhole to watch. The Matthew Creek killer on the broadcast court was another level. <laughs> I don't know what we, I don't yeah, know what we we're witnessing there, but <laughs> it was pretty insane. So we'll start with you, Trey, your thoughts on singles. Yeah. Creek killer. I mean, man, just unbelievable performance. I mean, I unfortunately didn't get to personally watch him play during the day i only got to see him on on the in the final four and in the broadcast court but then in 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 both of those he was he was money i mean his i would say i almost don't want to call it a roll it's more of a hop or a cut 
um, is unbelievable and and allows him to have such amazing control over a game at any point because a blocker bag doesn't work. Um, I think ultimately he he just showed up and played. Um, I think it's going to be interesting to see how Creek Killer develops over the course of the season because we've already seen him have some ups and some downs. Obviously, this is the biggest up that you can have, but we've seen him just finish okay at, at events before. So now it comes into, you know, what do we, you know, what does he do? I think one of the most things that's most impressive about Creek Killer is that he didn't, the only time all weekend he threw the bags that he threw in the final was the final. Because when he showed up to the final broadcast court, he showed up with bags too similar. Oh, well, actually, let me tell this story first. So, an hour and a half, two hours before the final starts, Creek Killer and Rawls both present their bags. Rawls has the higher seed. So he gets his choice if the bags are too similar. Well, they were. it was kind of an orangish red and an orange. And on one side of the bag, you couldn't, I mean, a really, you know, a cornhole player may notice the eye, but from, from a, you know, layman's, you know, a regular person's eye, it was, it was tough to tell. So we had to make Creek Killer switch. Well, then after the double semifinal, Alex Rawls says, uh-uh, I ain't throwing these anymore. I ain't throwing these orange pro snipers anymore. He switches to pink surefires, which could have allowed Cree Killer to go back to the original bags that he had. But he said, I'm going to stick with these bags that I've been practicing with just for the past hour and a half. And sure enough, that's what ended up – that's what got him the victory. I wow. mean – I think that's a really cool testament that he can. He, I mean, it, it, he comes prepared with whatever, and he just rolls with the punches. But ultimately, Creek Killer was super, super impressive. Um, Josh Holland was exactly what I thought he would be. He was amazing. Um, Alex Rawls has propelled himself into the MVP discussion with his performance on the weekend. I think, arguably, the most impressive stretch of games that I saw all weekend was actually by Jimmy humans. Yes. And when he beat Matt guy, he was such on an emotional high that I think that ultimately hurt him a little bit coming in and have to immediately reset and play Josh Holland. I think if he had beaten Matt guy, maybe in a winner's final and then had some time to regroup, I think he ultimately wins his bracket and may win the whole entire event, but he had to come off. He had to, you know, he just beat Matt Guy. The, the crowd's behind him. He's going crazy. And then all of a sudden, all right, you're back up. Josh Holland, you got to play him right now. I mean, just the nature of, of scheduling and how it works. And he just wasn't the same player. Uh, we've seen that happen many times. Um, Anthony's going to have his list. But I think the only other shock to me was – was well, oh, 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 first I'll give a shout-out. Jacob Trzinski has yeah. now, I think, propelled himself in – I wouldn't say he's a top three candidate for MVP – but he's arguably on a ballot now, right? I mean, he makes top yes. two finals and doubles at the first national, and now here he makes he comes in third. I mean, that that's enough to get on my ballot if you're asking me. Maybe at the fifth the fifth mark, but I mean, that's that it's worth mentioning that he should get there. Um, and then the only other shock to me is probably Trevor Kufus. I mean, I watched Trevor Kufus play all day, and I, at no point. Did I say, wow, this guy is really impressive? Never. Yeah. I did not watch a single game in which Trevor Kufis impressed me. He just found a way to win. His grind, it was, yeah. 
he just kind of squeaked by every game. And I mean, that's not really meant to be an insult. It's more meant to be a compliment that he can just find a way to be a grinder. And that's, that's, that's ultimately what he did. So Anthony, what about your thoughts on, on singles? Yeah. So singles <clears throat> just kind of run through, uh, um, you know, some, some similar to doubles, just kind of run through some people. So Duncan, Duncan Clemmer, another solid run. That's back to back solid runs from him. Um, Noah Almanza doing work again. Steve Schroeder, I'm sitting there like, what is this dude killed it? <laughs> he killed it in finishes and stats, both singles and, and seniors. So what a good weekend for Schroeder. You mentioned Kufis. I saw him for the first time at Worlds. Um, he made a deep, deep run in advanced singles. I want to say he was like fourth or so. So wasn't too surprised to see him show up that deep in the, in the pro singles. But then I kind of was. I mean, it was just like, wow, here he is. Um, so really good job for him. Um, I got to give a shout out to Tubby Cobb. Uh, you know, I've been kind of, you know, on his case a little bit in, in doubles. Um, the dude showed out in singles. He gets three straight wins on the winner's side. And he goes through a guy like Philip Lopez. He finished sixth overall in his bracket. So let's go Tubby Cobb. Uh, real proud of that guy. Zaf didn't go as deep in finishes. But if you look at the numbers, he put up really, really strong statistics. Uh, so really good job for, for Zaf. AJ Sims and Eddie Grindersleeve pouring bags in the hole all weekend. Um, their stats didn't really reflect in their finishes uh, like that we would typically see, but their numbers were really, really high. Same thing with Jareth Nichols. The dude brought it. He uh, statistically wise, but didn't get the finish overall. Um, but overall, the ability to score improved from Nationals number one. So we were all just like in awe that we had 18, I think it was 17 or 18 baggers achieve that 10 plus PPR milestone. Trey Atlantic city showed 25 baggers with a 10 plus or higher or 10 wow. or higher insane. I mean, if we look to what the statistics look like last year, I mean, the game is just evolving. Um, kind of looking at bracket D it was kind of crazy. 10 of those 10 pluses were buried in that bracket D and this is, and we're talking about a hundred plus rounds of play averaging a 10 plus um check out some of these names though they weren't all people that we normally see you got terry mathis who took second in his bracket sarah cassidy eric zockline leston allen nico morellis trey hunt was up in there uh jackson gore and Corey morrison uh, out of kentucky so names we don't typically see so i want to give those guys a shout out and speaking of jackson gore the now 13 year old because he had his birthday over the weekend he comes out of the PDC now twice and blows open the bracket, uh, the pro bracket. So he's got a fourth place finish at Nationals one. He has a third place finish this weekend. So Trey, when we drop the ranks, we could very well have a PDC player in the top 10 to 15 in singles ranks. I'm excited to see those drop. Good job for that guy. Um, looking at the bracket D finals, you talked about Alex Rawls and Jamie Graham. They ended up 11th and 17th PPR respectively but go the deepest. Why? I think it shows their ability to maneuver well through muddy boards, scoring at an elite level, elite level in shots other than slide shots. I mean, they've got an amazing um, level of play with pushing, um, rolling over stuff. Uh, Alex has this really impressive capability of cutting and slicing. What most people don't know is he can cut both right and left and left and right at an elite level. So you got to just see the bag in flight, but he's able to do that. And then Jamie's push, of course, and airmail. 
and rolling with that other bag we were talking about. And the key for me with Graham that I was noticing real a lot this weekend is his IQ and his ability to make decisions. I think it outshined most people on the weekend, just that level of IQ and decision-making within the game. If we go to bracket B in your final four, Philip Lopez again, singles and doubles. He's here to stay. I already mentioned Kufis. He was in the top four. And then Kyle Mayday Malone. I mean, the dude is killing it this season. Um, he was an elite-level player last year. He was ranked 21st. Clearly, in my opinion, a better bagger this season. He gets a doubles and blind draw championship only halfway through the season and then almost pulls out a doubles win in singles. I don't know if that's ever happened before, Trey, but you get a Nationals doubles, blind draw, and a singles all in the same year. That would be pretty impressive. He yeah. ultimately follows a Trzinski. You already talked about Trzinski. I mean, this rookie is badass. He's a doubles championship finalist, now a singles bracket winner. And check out some of the wins he's got. He gets Ryan Windsor twice in that yeah. singles run. Eric Davis goes through Brett Dot Guy and Kyle. He's a top 5% bagger, in my opinion, in the league right now. I think we're going to be talking about him all season. Um, bracket A finalist, I already mentioned Schroeder. He throws a 10.32 over 167 rounds. I didn't see that coming from Schroeder. Really impressed there. You talked a little bit about Jimmy Humans. Um, he was coming in hot over the weekend. He makes the bracket final, like you said, about Brett Guy. And 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 to me, I mean, if you look at that game, he's going to grind you. you. You think, he's going to grind me through this muddy battle. He's going to smack my PPR down to, to its floor. But check this out. That's not what happened against Guy. He's in a 32-round battle against Guy. I'm thinking, man, he must have pulled that DPR down low. Negative. Matt Guy throws a 10-9-1 over 32 rounds and loses. Jimmy <laughs> Humans. Jimmy Humans throws 11-point PPR, 11.0 over 32 rounds. I mean, in case you missed that. He throws an 11.0 PPR over 32 rounds and does it with a carpet bag. I a think lot of Jimmy, bags in the hole. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> He's showing us that he has both styles of play. I can chase the hole with you and throw outstanding PPRs, or I can play the muddy style game. But ultimately, congrats to Josh Holland. I mean, we predicted him in the bracket final. That's exactly what we got. Uh, that was a 21-16 loss to Jimmy. Um, and his statistics, uh, Josh Hollins, it was second only to Matt Guy. He threw a 10-4-3 over 128 rounds. That dude is a top five player as well, in my opinion. Bracket C finalist, Frank Modlin. I mean, he's consistently right there, and it's a matter of time before he's in the final. He was like fourth, I believe. Tony Smith took third, um, only losing to the finalists. And then Mark Richards continues his run. But to me, like you were saying, Trey, it was Creek Killer. That was really the standout bagger for the weekend. Um, he made it just look easy. And if you look at kind of regionally, the mid and the southwest have been, has been saying, watch out for Creek Killer uh, for a long time. So he didn't disappoint. Um, in that final, I mean, he showcased the ability to attack the hole. And like you were saying, you kind of have more of a – it's more of a, a, a cut – kind of hot bag. I'm starting to call it a lift bag, but he has the ability just to kind of lift the left side of his bag and get over blockers. That dude is nasty. Um, I, I think he could win another national. Wouldn't be surprising me if he came out and had a second national in his back pocket by the end of the year. Yeah. 
I think so too. And we got a lot of uh, feedback in the chat that it's Schrader, not Schroeder. So I thank just wanted you. To, That's my bad. Schrader. <laughs> they get really mad about it. So I just wanted to highlight the name <laughs> Schrader. Uh, Schrader. Not, yeah, so the O like, is silent. Yeah, it, we're trying to understand the English language. I'm not going to even try to go there. Um, the other thing I will say is Jareth Nichols is an incredible beer pong player. Like nobody could beat him. I'll just leave that at that. So, you know, that's wow. nice. that comes good with a story like that for a different time. Oh, that's, that's the story. Yeah. That was a last night story. Um, all right. Let's go into some of our mid season awards uh, real quick here. You know, we talked about some of the awards uh, maybe a month or so ago. We're a little, now we're in our second national what do we think about Jamie Graham and Matt Guy? Are they going to stay doubles team? What is Matt Guy going to stay man of the year? Is Cheyenne going to stay women of the year? Um, those are the ones that we have the stats for. So we're, we're just wondering, is it going to stick? So Trey, do you think those are going to stick? Or is someone going to you know, challenge uh, them? Yeah, at this point, uh, it's boring to say, but I think all three probably stick. Based on what I saw in doubles, I mean, Jamie Graham and that, Matt Guy are not going to – I mean. <laughs> I just don't see him losing if they play like that, you know? Yeah, I, know. I mean, a guy throws a 10-9-1 like Anthony just said and loses. I mean, on average, if he throws that, is he going to win? I mean, I don't necessarily think Matt Guy will, uh, uh, you know, win every single event from here on out, but he's going to be near there at the end. I mean, he's not going to finish 16th in his bracket, you know? No. I mean, who knows? He finished, he finished what, second in his bracket here and uh, or third in his bracket? I mean – that might be the one he can drop. Yeah, true. Yeah, I mean, he could probably he could probably drop that and win two more and literally have a perfect score going into Worlds. I mean, that's a very legitimate possibility. So, at least for those first three, I say I say they stick. Yeah, Anthony, what do you think? Yeah, I agree. Doubles of the year, that's not going to change Graham a guy and the reason is Graham. We know we know guys guy, it's Jamie Graham right now that is just killing it right now. It's going to be impossible to take them down. I think man of the year, uh, Matt is, is Matt guy. Um, women of the year. We want to get into that one. Uh, Cheyenne Renner. I think she's, she's going to stay in there. No one going to, it's the rookie of the year though. That is tough for me. Mm-hmm. I was strong on Alex Hicks from the very beginning. I still feel about, I still feel like he's in the running, but we have Mark Richards um, who's really been showing out. And now after this weekend, Kurt I got to throw Alex Rawls in the mix. And Creek Killer, right? I mean, I feel like, yeah, Alex Rawls has to be in there. Creek Killer has to be in there. Richards has to be in there. I mean, I think it's that's tough. It's going to be real tough. Yeah. Now for yeah, rookie of the year for me, probably leader for me right now. I'm. You can throw stats out all you want. You can throw rankings all you want. I still think Mark Richards is my leader right now. He'd be if I had to fill out a ballot right now, he'd be number one on my list, with number two probably being Rawls. You know, Alex Rawls got into the finals for singles and doubles, and he won the blind draw. So, you know, coming in at all three events, I think, is something to look Showed at as well. All weekend. Yeah, really, really did. Uh, breakout player of the year. Uh, we talked about um, Kaylee Hunter in the past. I think that was actually, was that both of yours, I believe? Yeah, we, yeah. Completely. Yeah, I was wondering about. We picked the same person. Yeah, we didn't even know going into it, but we picked the same person. Yeah, and I was wondering Lori Duell, but I don't know where she finished last season, but I feel like she's coming out strong this season as well. Um, But, yeah, any thoughts on breakout player of the year? 
Uh, this one's this one's a lot tougher because I think it's across the board. There's there hasn't the people that were really good last year. It's almost as if you have to dive in a little bit deeper to the rankings. I mean, yes. Could I argue? And you guys are going to tell me no. Could I argue Kyle Malone maybe fits that mold? I mean, making all the way to a bracket final and winning a doubles. You know, that's probably a stretch to say breakout player. If you're looking from pure numbers. Yes. I actually looked at like Tom Walter. He's already jumped like a hundred points. I mean, he was at mid one hundreds and now he's like 30th or 40th in singles rankings. That could certainly be a candidate. I don't have a really concrete answer right now, as far as someone that's, that's a breakout player. I mean, I almost want to, you know, Duncan Clemmer has been consistent across both nationals, but he did have that breakout at the world. So can I count mm-hmm. that? I don't know. Breakouts tough. Yeah, I, I agree. agree. It, it's pretty tough. And I'm kind of looking at it at who's who made the, the biggest jump in actual rank. So someone like a Kyle, Kyle Malone, he was 21st, yeah, I believe. Yeah, yeah, he was 20. So yeah. He can only jump so many points, whereas Kaylee was 140-something, and now she's sitting at 70. So she's got a 70-point jump. I love the Walter one. That's a big jump. But, um, yeah, we just we need another national or two to really see how it shapes out. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be cool to watch. Absolutely. And then MVP, I think it's going to be hard for it not to be Matt guy, but I don't know if you guys have differing opinions. I, I got to give it a Matt guy right now. Uh, Matt guy, Mark Richards, Alex Rawls, I, I think are my, my top three at the moment, but I think Matt guy would be number one on my ballot right now. Yeah, I went out on a limb and I went with Windsor uh, at the beginning of the season just because I knew he would be – thought he would be super strong in doubles with Isidro. They've just demonstrated consistency over time. He's been a second-place guy three years in a row. Uh, my guy Windsor not pulling through for me right now. Now, he's playing really well, but we were talking MVP. You know, that that's going to be – the only other name I'd throw in there, Trey, would be just a Jamie Graham. We, he's obviously going to yes. perform in doubles. But I think he could squeak out a national singles, maybe maybe even a world's right at the end. Here's the worst part about the position that Jamie Graham's in is that doubles is never going to fall in his favor because the reason it's never going to fall in his favor is because Matt Guy is getting the same level of accolades. So if Jamie Graham wants to win MVP, mm-hmm. he has to do it in singles and in he singles. has to finish higher than Matt Guy. So he yeah. literally may be number two, but – He's always going to be second fiddle if he doesn't win something. Right. Yeah, that's a fair point. Well, only time will tell. Uh, Let's talk about some of the other action we had going on this weekend. We had women's doubles. We had senior singles. We had the team's events. Um, In women's doubles, first place, Cheyenne Renner, Sarah Cassidy. Second, Cameron Belvin, Bella Suprenant. Seniors, we had Damon Dennis and Philip Hayden in second. And for the teams, the Woodchucks. Just want to point out that's the team I chose. Uh, putting it out there, <laughs> seven to one, sharpshooter six to two. So Trey, you want to pick one of those to just chat about really quick? Uh, yeah. So I'll just say um, t- I'll go teams. Anthony's probably talking seniors and or women, so I'll talk teams. Okay. The Woodchucks have proven that they're going to be the they're going to be the number one team right now. Um, and the only time that they lost was to the sharpshooters, which is the second best team, and it was close. Mm-hmm. So when we say all that. They're proving that they're the best team right now. Sharpshooters, I think, are proving that they're the second best team. Aviators start four and zero and go zero and four at the yeah. second national event. Talk about ups and downs. The only other one, 
the bullies uh, get get a you know the, the bullies get a couple wins. The sliders get on the board. Um, they take down the Aviators, the four and team. So I think the Aviators trending way down, and then the only other one, uh, the Skunks. Exactly what we thought. They're four and four. They go two and two again. They're up. They're down. They're up. <laughs> I mean, we just we yeah. have no idea what we're gonna get. I got to saw some of their games. Anthony, real quick, you got like a minute. <laughs> what do you want to talk about? Hey, one minute. Okay, so when ladies, I, I mean, I'd like to send a shout out. Shout out to Brianna Close and Tanisha Lastly. Statistically, these ladies showed out. The results weren't there, but top five in points per round performance throughout the entire ladies doubles uh, tournament. So definitely want to uh, shout, send a shout out to them. But Renner and Cassidy, dominant. No team scored double digits on them. Ten plus, both of them, ten plus throughout the tournament. No one else, none, no other lady hit that mark, the 10-plus mark. So they were definitely showouts. Seniors, I already talked about, say it for me again, Schrader. Schrader. <laughs> yeah. He was a show. Tom Walter also caught my eye. I mean, these guys were pouring bags in the hole. They ended up taking, I believe it was third and fourth overall. So definitely a show out for, for those two guys there. But it was cool to see Dennis and Hayden battling it out again in the finals. We got to see them do it uh, last year. Um, but this time Damon Dennis got it two in a row, two in a row for Dennis. Killing it. All right. Holy hot takes. You guys got your hot takes ready? I got mine. Uh, was right, that I'll a yes, first. Anthony, or no? <laughs> I forgot what it was, but I got it now. <laughs> <All right. laughs> okay. Mine. All right. Why don't you go first, Anthony? Yeah, go, go for it. Okay. Um, so we got two nationals and a world's left. We got an upward trending Jimmy humans. Um, I'm going to say that he wins a singles bracket this, this time. And Trey, he's going to win it. Even if Matt guy is in his bracket. Oh, he finally went with the hot, the, the, he went hotter this time. Went hotter. Yes. <laughs> My hot take is Jamie Graham and Matt guy are playing so good right now that they will win all the rest of the events with the exception of, I think there's legitimately only two teams right now. They're going to beat them. Okay. One of these two, Josh Holland and Derek Holland, Eric Zockline and Tanner Halbert. So I think those are three of the best teams right now. Maybe not finish the, the highest, but I think those are the three best potential teams for the rest of the year. All right. I think we're going to see Alex Rawls do another sweep. Like, I mean, he might not win all of them, but be in each one, be in the singles finals, be in the doubles finals, be in the blind draw finals. I think he's, he's going to do it again. And, and I think maybe he'll get a broadcast win this time. I think he's got his space on the stage now. I think he'll adjust and we'll see a win. I like that one. I like Love it. All right. That's all we got today. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you all next week for some more around the ACL.